Party podcast. I'm your host, Alana Johnston, and with me, as always, bringing a giant smile to my face is producer slash husband slash roommate Norm Susan. Norm, how you doing? Well, usually um, I hit the button and then I point at you, and this time uh, I pointed at you and you started laughing. You pointed at me and I started laughing because I kind of did a very small snort and I was like, uh-oh, did this get recorded? Right. And you went to go lower the TV and then you came in and sat down and I pointed at you right away. Yeah, you went right away. Why the rush, Norm? Do you want to stop and do it again? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Why the rush? No, there's no... In yeah. your life, in general, Norm, slow down. Yeah. I Take mean, a minute for you. Yeah, yeah, I really should. You're right. Norm, you did. We went on a hike the other day. I was gassed. Yeah, we did go on a hike the other day. Oh my god! Yeah, we did. I thought I'm never taking a moment for myself again. I believe that's the zoo, the zoo trail. And we went on a bike ride. No, it's not the old zoo trail. Oh yeah, we did go on a on a bike ride. We are the buffest people in LA right now. I don't know if that's true, but Norm, I guarantee it on the count of two things. You know, I we bought bikes. Well, I've, the bikes have been purchased. Yeah, bikes have been purchased. I, your bike, uh, once belonging to a uh, great... Have you had May Lee Todd on the show? Of course I have. She sold us uh, a bike of hers. Hot pink. You got to see this and bike. And you have it, yeah. And then uh, Sam Martin... Yes. Uh, ...sold me her electric bike. And you're cruising. Well, and you can tell because she had a bit of a blunder on it, correct? There was a bit of a blunder. Yeah. She is fine now. Yeah, light, That because people going fast. Handlebar, a little... A little bent out of shape. People going fast. Yeah. On yeah. the old electric bikes. Guys, if you're on an electric bike, be reasonable. Mm-hmm. This one goes pretty fast. It's like 28 miles an hour. Well, I wasn't going to say, but thank you for broaching the subject. Yeah, because yeah, did, we did ride it the other day, and I was like, I'm going to put this thing in turbo. Oh, yeah. You were being pretty fun about it. Yeah. And cute. Wow. Norm, mm-hmm. the looks okay. that don't quit. Sure, yeah. How you doing this week? What's been popping off for you? Uh, a lot of work today, but uh, no, not much. Things that I had an easy week last week. So. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was pretty great, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And you had a busy weekend. We our schedules have been a bit yes. Off. Uh, we've we've had we're on a bit different timetable stuff, but we're both keeping. Sometimes there's uh, you got to like do your career thing, and then you got to then you know I love change, the switch off. And then you got to switch. We're yeah. like ships in the night, right? And isn't that fun? Because I'm I, into it. I was basically free this weekend for the most part, and I was not. And you were not free. Isn't that something? But during the week, I was... Actually, that was pretty lax last... Norm, I hate to break it to you, but you kicked your feet up and had a bit of a relux. I did. In comparison. Yeah. I thought you did great, really embracing it. Well, sometimes um, you just have an idea that doesn't really need that much work. Yeah, but here's the thing. You go a little stir-crazy, and sometimes you can make things a lot harder on yourself and more complicated than you need to because... You are addicted to work, Norm. That's true, and I'm I'm trying to do a better job of like balancing my day out so that because uh, I don't I like to sleep and then I like to sometimes I'll sit in front of the computer and I'll work and I'll get kind of looped into that work and I won't just stop it. Yes, and go do something else and then come back. You know. Yes, I think it's important to really divide up the day. <clears throat> this has been a podcast theme. Yeah, having a schedule, sorting things, putting things in intentional places. It's not for everybody, but I find it works. And one thing I've never really adjusted to... Okay, Norm. Very well. We've gotten serious. Is the um, the time change from the East Coast to the West Coast. Television 
like good TV is on at like five o'clock here. Here's the thing. I love it. Come 2 p.m. I'm calling it quits to get ready for my shows for the night. And then I'm in bed by eight. On the East Coast, it's like eight o'clock. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah, we got to move to the East Coast in terms of television. Would you move to the East Coast? No. No. Too cold. I moved away. I was like, I listen, I did my thing. Oh my God, I'm going to live in New York. What, walking around on my two little legs? Norm, they can't hold me up that long. What about central time? What about in the middle there? What are you Could do? you imagine? What would I even say if I God, lived in I central time? time hey it? guys, feeling neutral, yeah, just what? content. Oh, things are on at 6 p.m. Yeah. Oh my God, you can't get anything done for fun. It's dinner time, folks. Norm, what do you got coming up this week? I'm going out of town. For Canadian Thanksgiving. That's right. Another weekend, you're gone. What yeah. are you going to do? Are you going to flip? Well, yeah, I don't know. There's um, there's not... I, I'm not sure. My, my week is kind of up in the air. Uh, today Great we, movie. Never saw it. Don't need to. I <laughs> uh, had a bit of a watch day yesterday and then uh, ideas. I, today was a big writing day. Wrote, wrote a bunch of stuff today. So I'm not sure. Okay, but like while I'm gone for the weekend, what kind of epiphany are you going to have? Because you know, every time I go away, I come home to a huge epiphany. Yeah, I wonder what this one's going to be about. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be like, oh, balance. you need me to be on my own schedule. And I'll be like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you are. You are <laughs> I am on my own schedule. I'll be more on my own schedule. Like, mm-hmm. I won't sleep until the hours of 9 to 5 a.m. to p.m. What? Yeah, I sleep during the day, so we'll be on opposite schedules. You don't sleep during and then the I'll day party. at all. Yeah, Norm, this is what I'm trying to say is I'll really double down, Norm. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got to start this episode before we get a divorce. You've got to be kidding me. Who is the uh, guest? Oh, my gosh. Well, another Listen, old Chicago pal. Oh, yes. I love the people from Chicago. I do, too. Because I feel like it, Chicago just... and Canada have a bit of a kinship. I think so. Two very nice, clean cities. Ooh, I see you're doing the... Oh, yeah, I'm kind of doing a bit of a pinch. You're doing a bit of a pinch. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, Yes, she came by. We had a blast. She loved the dog. Let's get right to it, shall we? I think we should, yeah. Everybody, please give it up for my guest, Holly Laurent, right after this break. It's a self-esteem party. It's a self-esteem party. Three, two, one, cupcake. Holly, I was already recording. Welcome to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast. (laughs) You are currently eating a delicious Dolly Parton boxed cake cupcake with vanilla icing. Two thumbs up. And it's amazing, right? It's so good. I'm so happy right now. I, I told Norm, we were like, oh... It, like we were making it because a friend was came by yesterday and we were like, oh, we'll make these like fun cupcakes. And we were like, well, not everybody likes them. We should probably get some cookies or something. And they were a hit. We all doubled up on the cupcakes. I can say that confidently. What kind of frosting is this? Vanilla. Did you make it? No. It's from a... It's from the like container and like the little can of it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. 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 <laughs> see, my problem is... I See, what I think you've done here with this cupcake is... You did a modest amount of frosting, which I actually think makes it classy. That's and what I, I have a problem where I get amounts wrong. Like, I'll be like, oh, frosting is the best part. And so I'll put like tons of frosting yeah. on it, and then it kind of ruins it. It's sort of the same thing with like too much jelly on a PB&J but, but wrecks it looks the bread. Better with a lot of frosting. So I see why you would do it. Like, this looks a little scarce. It looks like I ran out of frosting. It was all intentional. I had plenty of frosting to work with because. The frosting of this kind in the like container 
is too much. It's not like a DQ uh, frozen cake where the icing's like the greatest thing you've ever had in your entire life. But then do you just have some leftover frosting in your refrigerator? Here's the thing. Each batch of like the container of frosting will do two cakes. The equivalent of like two cakes. But so. my problem is I would smoke a joint in the middle of the night and I'd be like, I have that frosting in the fridge. And then I would go in and I would just start eating it with a spoon until I got a stomach ache. Oh, egg. Holly, we got to talk this out. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do on this podcast. I need a lot of help not munching my way into stomach aches in the middle of the night. You know what? Speaking of, Holly, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of your self-esteem, how are you feeling today? Today. (laughs) Speaking of munching away in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Which I did do last night. See, how's that for a segue? Let's get the real number. Oh, boy. I yeah. feel bad about it in the morning for like an hour and then I move on with my day. And yeah. I go, not today. I won't do it again today. <laughs> <laughs> not today, Satan. And I'll believe it for a couple hours. I'll be like, look at you go, girl. Keep it up. <laughs> I am the model of restraint. <laughs> I've had, so fellow pothead um, Rachel um, Mason in Chicago. Mm. Do you know Rachel Mason? Mm-hmm. She one time told me, she was like, so what's happening when you smoke pot, depending on the strain and whatever, but essentially what's happening that gives you the munchies is that it is activating your, like, I guess is, 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 um, metabolism. Is that a hormone? What is metabolism? Your metabolism? I don't know what it is, but I know that, or like, I don't know how to describe it, but I know if you have a higher metabolism, it like burns, it would like burn calories quicker or whatever. So like you would be more hungry. That's why people that work out a lot have to eat a lot more. Yes. To build and that so muscle. I guess what cannabis does is it sort of activates your metabolism and your okay. metabolism starts telling you like eat, 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 eat. And so that's ah. why it's like, ooh, food feels good in my mouth. I want to put something in my mouth. I want taste. I want food. And so she was like, what's happening is you just have to trick that. Um, that that part that is stimulated from the cannabis and just start drinking water to have something in your mouth and to have something stimulating that part of your body. But so I, sometimes I'll do that. I'll be like, I know I'm going to smoke pot. So I'll line up drinks where I'll be like, <laughs> I have a bubbly water. I have a flat water. I have yes. an ice water. I have a kombucha. I have a like backup lemonade. I even have some ginger ale I in love there. This bar. I'll just like drink, you know, um, but how is my, uh, but, but sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes that works where I'm like, I'm just going to drink all night. And if I tell myself I'm only going to drink fluids, I'm not going to yes. like open up the Snyder's like honey mustard, hard pretzel bits. Oh yeah. You know? No, no, no. Those are dangerous to have in the house. Oh we, yeah. Here's the problem though that I've been having is if people pop by, I cannot stand the thought of not having drinks and snacks to offer. Exactly. Cannot stand it. So I always have to have a stocked cabinet yep. and fridge. Yep. Always. Yeah. It, it, and then that's... I, I can't even handle the thought of like not having something to offer somebody and they're just like in my house parched. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, disaster. I would never. I know. So it's, yeah. It's so a lot of contributing factors right now to what the number is going to be. <laughs> Yes. I would say my honest feel it feels kind of high today. Yeah. I well, feel we're like I'm off to a great start. We've been we've been chatting at least half an hour before we even started recording and then the the chat was getting so good I was like, "Okay, we immediately have to start recording." <laughs> but we were chatting it up. I really I would say I'm hovering somewhere between 7 and 8.5, but I have a numbers thing like a synesthesia numbers thing of liking numbers and I really love the number nine and it's like a very powerful number in my like emotional sense of it okay and so I want to say nine yep but that seems very high that seems like you know why don't we say a phantom nine 
I'm a phantom nine. between a seven to 8.5, but you're a phantom nine. Mm-hmm. You know what? Thank you. Yeah, you got it. I'm going to hop on not the seven to 8.5 is a big range for me. So I'm going to hop on probably at a 7.5. And here's why I have some residual guilt of the weekend of staying up too late, eating at weird times, going too hard. You know, UCB reopened this weekend. So I got to do some shows, which was really fun and exciting, but it was like, we went for it. I mean, good. (laughs) one of those weekends where I kept going, am I going to get caught up in the night? And I wouldn't take my coat off. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't take my coat off so that I I'm like, okay, Alana, you can get out at a moment's notice. Just follow your heart. And I just wanted to stay out and I took the coat off and I knew I was in it to win it. The coat is interesting. Yeah, I don't regret the show part of it and the socializing of it. Okay, that made me feel really good. But like I said, eating at weird times didn't get a lot done. So that always makes me feel, you know what I mean, where you're like, Alana, come on, you had stuff you had to do and you didn't do it and now you're already at Monday. So I'd say that's what's costing me the couple of points. But Uh like excitement of seeing people and catching up and realizing I might have more to say than I think I do. Hell yeah. Which is fun. I'd say I'm feeling overall good. So clock me at the 7.5. I think that's reasonable. Maybe a phantom 8.5, actually. Let's both, let's both hover in our phantoms. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is what Phantom of the Opera was about. This is what they were trying to do this that whole time. This is why it just got pulled off of Broadway for this the first time in 45 do. years. Wow, really? I think so. It's it just shut down for the first too time much. Ever. I saw it here. I've seen it in Toronto a million times, but I saw it here. And um, I was impressed. I, it doesn't hold up. This I can confidently tell you. Yes, it was rapey, right? Very rapey. The angel of music. Oh yeah, all of it. It's very, it's very male gaze and written by male. Oh yeah. I don't know that I've seen it. Oh I, my I god, have it's to a have must. seen it. A must. In sleep, he sang to me. Ooh, Ooh beautiful. Just oh yeah, Haunting. Christine. Oh my god, Raúl. Like the whole thing. Everybody. Everybody was being so much. It was amazing. Man. (laughs) (laughs) It it was just everybody was to their max at the show. Wow. Nice. Yes. Nice. (laughs) It was very cool. (laughs) But like musicals have kind of changed. Like Broadway at least, it's sort of the Disneyification, but also it's like now you can have Beetlejuice and Michael Jackson and like... Well, Jaggy Little Pill right now. Jaggy Little Pill. Like, Broadway is really changing, so I wonder if some of those old stalwarts, or what is that word I just used, but like Love it. Phantom and um, what's the uh, master of the house? Uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And what's the one where France... <laughs> where he steals have- the bread. It's- Aladdin. <laughs> I believe there was an entire market scene about a bread theft, if I remember correctly, in France, where Aladdin's from. I feel like in the beginning, when I first started learning about musicals and like the West End and Broadway, it was always Phantom and it was um... Lion King. <laughs> not getting at this okay but i'm having a really good time i'm sure that anyone who's listening to this right now is screaming it at us because it's the most you know it okay you're gonna get this and or i'm going to this is a real bad pothead moment okay it's jean valjean and les miserables god bless and guess what only ever watch five minutes of it don't even know what happens but know that it was a powerful play for all (laughs) 
<laughs> you didn't even see the movie where no, the hot Hollywood girl. Did you see her shave her head? What's her yes, name? Yes, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. In the first five minutes, I immediately lost interest. Couldn't do it. That is fantastic. And I watched it with a friend of mine on Valentine's Day, and I thought, this is not love. <laughs> this is not what I want. She was too thin. And I know I get it. I understand it's like part of it. But I was like, she looks like she's going to collapse. And I'm stressed out. Yeah, yeah. That's, how I, yeah. that's honestly how I felt. It, yeah. it, sometimes, and I don't know if it's because my own past with eating issues or whatever, but it's like sometimes... If someone looks so weak, I, I'm mm-hmm. so distracted by mm-hmm. it. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is wrong? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe people look to me like that. I hope for the compliment. Mm-hmm. My God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there, only I could get more people to worry about me. <laughs> there is a female in LA who I know who's on TV. She does like pretty regular like TV shows. This is a okay. t- She has a TV show for a few seasons and then that ends and then she'll get in another TV show for a When you're with her in person... It's alarmingly thin. Like, she's so alarmingly thin. It's, like, sort of distracting. You know how that is? Yes. But when you see her on TV, it kind of looks, like, not alarmingly thin. Wow. Which actually is terrifying. And and also, yes. because of the tyranny of the body shit, especially at females, but at everyone, um, it is so concerning and i've recently heard to it referred to as um famine body that we that we have been programmed to look for and identify and be attracted to and find the most thing to be desirable an actual famine body like the oh my god isn't that like where you're like whoa that really overwhelms me and listen i already got a lot of disordered thinking as is certainly moving to LA really changed the game in my perspective of how I saw myself in a very negative way, very stereotypical way. I've worked really hard to like try to move past it. Definitely. I still have some association with body and career. I think a lot of people do because people associate body with confidence. And if you had more confidence in a lot of different fields, you could succeed more half the time that's what doing well in a job is, is just having the confidence to be like, I can do this. And sometimes if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, you don't have that confidence. But it's like, to hear that and know that that's maybe not even a trend, maybe that's what it's going to remain, just makes me not want to do the whole damn thing. <laughs> because no I'm like, shit, man. I just, you know, it just makes me go like, fuck, dude, I was in that place. I was fucking miserable. Do I really have to get back there? Like, is this still what's popping off? Right. Oh, it just kills me. But the progress that has happened, even in the last 10 years, of just the language around it, more sensitivity around it, more people becoming vocal and being like, yes. speaking out against like diet culture, being actually fucking evil and oh like fuck God. off. We that, just, is, that is getting better. I that is getting, saying. and I'm like, thank God, any movement in this way yeah. is better because then you can like, try to distill it down into its deepest, deepest essence. There's so many variables here, but a huge part of it is this like patriarchal, like supremacist mindset that really deeply wants females. I'll just speak as a, as a cis female, like there has been an incredible, um, lifelong pressure, um, and uh, an indoctrination of us to, to groom us to be small, silent, and weak. Yes, and I am all of those things. I mean, I haven't spoken in 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't know if you're hearing a phantom conversation for your nine on the charts. <laughs> I haven't said a word. <laughs> um, please keep going. I 100% relate. And it, it it's not, you're not giving me anxiety. It's giving me like trauma memory of being like, oh yeah, I remember at 11 yeah. being like, I'm fat. Yeah. At 11. Yeah. Looking at fully grown women on television and comparing my body to theirs yeah. and thinking negatively about mine. Yeah. Literally de- decades between us. And that was what I was comparing myself to. That's messed up. That's like, that's messed up. Yeah. 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 And, and I think it's insidious and it is, I don't even know that it's like a conscious, um, um, but at one point, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's conscious from the evil oppressors that need to be overthrown, but I will tell you this because now it's so deeply ingrained in the same way that like all of these things, like yes. we are breathe in this country, we are drinking racist water and sexist water and breathing racist and sexist air. So these things this is why I don't breathe and I only drink Gatorade. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't breathed in 41 minutes. <laughs> don't know if you noticed. Um, I don't know where I'm going with all of this, but it's, um, it's, I was just back in Chicago and I got to see some friends and I hung out with a couple of different women who I knew from my time in Chicago who have in the last couple years been through the absolute shit, like, like loss of like surprising loss of a parent, like suicide of a sibling, um, strokes and death of spouses and things that are like they're the worst. The, yeah. the, the, like when you're losing your physical health, when you're losing your family, when you're using your partner, when you're losing your all of the like very, very intense loss, grief, pain. And I sat with these women and their fortitude and resilience and ability to put one foot in front of the fucking other when they are absolutely kicked while they are down and when the rug is pulled out, the strength in these women, and I see especially around things like death and loss and the things that we also are groomed and programmed in our mm-hmm. culture to don't look at, don't think about, don't anything. When oh, it's yeah. like, and and these these women's ability... And strength is so inspiring and beautiful to me. And it makes me, and and I sat with them. I was having these, like, I get really, like, anti-authoritarian and really anti, I, 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 well, just, I, 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 I tend to jump to big conclusions, but I sat there with these women and I was like, this is why men try to be physically strong and, and try to like show their like physical prowess is because they sense that in the females, there is a deep reservoir of strength and fortitude that they will never be able to access or understand because it's made not of the material world, but of this spiritual stuff that like, that, that we are able to, when we need to, the strength of will that we can access is so profound. And I started like talking like that where I'm like, oh yeah, that's why they refer to us as the weaker sex and all these things. They're really trying to convince us yes. to get in line. When I think like our ability and our power, when we, th- they're so afraid for us to tap into it because. Simple solution. Guy mentioned something about his body or says something hold us back and you go I don't care yeah take away all the power I don't care 
Right. <laughs> what, but as what, long as you know we, what I mean? Right. So, but that makes sense of why they're trying to keep us believing that yes. we're weak and we're small and we're quiet and we're frail and we should be all these things and why we have such backlash to being outspoken, being direct, being forthright, being aggressive. Oh my God, it makes being dating, ambitious. Impo- dating impossible. Something as small and simple and stupid as that is a great example. It's like the intimidation. It's like, and it's always like a guy is praised if he's dating a woman that is like very loud and outgoing and they're like, wow, how do you handle her? Like, it's mm-hmm. isn't that so weird? Mm-hmm. Like, or like, to be celebrated for dating someone that like speaks up is right. It's like as if they're so strong to be with a strong woman, right? I don't, right? I don't understand. How or embarrassing. they must be less of a man. They must like, yeah. They must yeah. be taking a subtraction of their masculinity by giving you the addition of your voice or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, no, I I actually agree with you. I think it makes you more of a of a, a, a big juicy person when you can be like, everybody can be what they are. Yeah. And that doesn't have anything to do with me. It just, and here's the thing, nobody's thinking about you. So everyone be <laughs> whatever you are, because it's like, no one's thinking about you. And I will say to, to get to the point that you made earlier about, um, in the last like 10 years, especially, um, the people we're seeing on television look a lot different. Yes. We're seeing a lot more body positivity, that's, which is a great agenda. Like, yes. That everyone's been pushing for years and is starting to get a bit of notice and respect right. and like what have you. But it's just like the fact that like we aren't already 100% there is insane. I You're know. just like, I, and I it's going to be long. I have, road. it's going to be so long. And yeah. I am so happy for the victories along the way. I want to see everyone and everything on television and movies. Mm-hmm. I want to see it all. I think that's fun and great and like informative and just more exciting to to see different kinds of people and hear different kinds of stories. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm sick of just seeing the same thing on television, myself included. Hey guys, that's why I'm staying off of it. <laughs> um, for your sake, I know that people are sick and tired of seeing me on TV and uh, I took a step down. I went, they offered me, you know, all the networks. I went, not today, not on my watch. <laughs> let's, let's get a couple other people on TV. Here. I'm doing some internal work right now. I'm doing a I'm... lot of work right now. <laughs> It's it, Alana. It's so, it's it's um, it's funny. Like you, th- I, I, I'm learning lately to listen to what people are taking issue with on the sides. Like, okay, there are sides. I'm on this side, and that's the bad side, and this is the good side. Like about all topic, like yeah, as a general. Like okay. all you have okay. to do is listen to what people are accusing the other side of, yeah, and then you learn about them. By what they're, because I think it's typically what, like, I I feel like, for instance, this like moral majority or the Christians or the evangelicals or the GOP or whatever the fuck, there's, they're very much like, oh, there's this gay agenda where we're trying to make kids gay now or something. And it's like, oh, because, okay, A, that, that's not happening. Nobody is trying to be like, hey, little kids, you know, let's be gay. Hey, or Lord knows I'm trying, just not succeeding. <laughs> I, you can't even imagine the amount of kids I'm trying to turn. <laughs> I'm saying, have I got a great pitch for you? Hear me out. 
I did just take when I was home. I was with my um, one of my nieces, uh, who is like at that stage where her hair is just pulled directly in front of her face, like oh, a yeah. curtain, where she's like, "Don't look at me, don't look at me." I like oh she's in that phase of like where you're in your body and you're. I think she's in sixth or seventh grade, and she's oh, no, like, she's definitely in sixth or seventh grade, and she's like, "Just don't look at me." I'm. Yes. It's almost like she's the goo part when the caterpillar turns into goo before it turns into the butterfly. She's like, "I'm in a goo transformation." Don't look at me. Like I took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) You know that transition where you're goo. (laughs) But I do this thing with them where I don't send birthday presents to all my nieces and nephews throughout the year. I just when I'm home and I see them, I'm like, we're going to the mall and you can pick out anything in the mall. Yeah, that's how you do it. And so I was like, what do you want? Do you want anything? I'm like, do you want sneakers? Do you want perfume? Do you want books? Do you want makeup? Do you want um, games? Do you want clothes? Like, do you want anything? And she's like, um, could we go to Barnes and Noble? And it's so funny because I keep trying to push her hair back so I can look at her face and I turn around and it's like all just hanging directly in front of her face again, just hiding. And, and so we go to Barnes and Noble and she takes me straight to this table that is this book of all of these, I can't remember the name of the series, but it's these, um, young adult graphic novels about gay um, romantic relationships. Is it the one that's on all the billboards? Have you seen this? I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I, I The name escapes me, but it's like, is it new? It's like they the made a, new thing that just came out and it's all over billboards. They made a season one on Netflix of this graphic novel. Okay. But it, I, it could really be this thing okay, I'm talking I, about. I hope it is. She, she was like, can I get this thing? And I, I was like, absolutely. And then she was like, um, it's, it's, it's about... Um, it's about girls that are with each other and dating and guys who are dating guys. And I was like, okay. And she was like, do you think it'll be okay? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, like with your mom? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And I, and I, and so I bought her the whole series and she was like, she didn't even talk to me for the rest of the day. Cause she was just like reading them in the car all the way home. And I went to my sister and I was just like, Hey, so I got her these like um, gay graphic novels. And my sister was like, cool. Okay, great. And I was oh, like, yeah. and so I went to, I went we to Noel and I was like, Noel, I said something to Joy and she, she didn't care at all. She was like, okay, good. Yeah. I didn't think so. Was, uh, uh, uh. Oh my God. But, the messenger. It's so, well, and it makes me, I, I'm like, I, but, but, um, wait, why was I talking about this? Oh, cause oh, I'm trying to turn kids trying gay. To, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I but but nobody else is trying to do it. Well, what I've realized is like, yeah, th- that's what that's what they're doing yeah. with pink baby nurseries and pink uh, beanies in the hospital and blue bedrooms for the boy. Like the grooming. We're begins. in a blue room right now, just so everybody knows. And and that's why I think both of us should be tapping into our masculine side because yeah. colors <laughs> are gendered. But um, but like the grooming for us to be fucking straight, yeah, is in. Tense, but we never noticed it because we were just like, "This is the world we grow up in. Yeah. Girls do this, and girls like boys." And I didn't even know until way do- later. You know what I mean? And and someone kind of tells you or says something, and you're like, "Ah, oh, okay, didn't know that was an option." So it's just <laughs> our simple resistance or rejection to their straight agenda yeah. that they're taking issue with. But like, we don't have an agenda to yeah. groom people. They do. But I've noticed it, like, I've noticed it in everything, even in myself, like, the the projection that we do. I've gotten better at recognizing when people are projecting. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, it stands to reason that I'm doing that, too. So if I've learned to notice when someone is projecting... Um, 
and it helps me like if if the GOP is saying gay people are trying to turn everyone gay then and I realize like oh they're projecting because they're trying to turn everyone straight yeah then it stands to reason that all of us are doing that on individual levels and I've noticed I've started to notice like if I pay attention to the things that I'm saying about my the adversary in my life yeah like typically if I listen to it I'm like wait am I describing me like oh, like I'm not getting along with this person who it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like she likes me anymore. It seems like we don't want to spend time together anymore. It seems Mm -hmm. like she's not calling me and making plans anymore or whatever. And then I'm like, wait, do I not like her anymore? Am I not calling her anymore? Am I not making plans anymore? And I realize I'm describing, I am describing her, but I'm also describing me. And I'm like, really hard critical thinking. This is hard. Yeah, this is, this is, this is like next level practice. Are you in therapy? I can only make the assumption. You know what? Right now I'm actually not. But just ha- because I, I have been forever and for okay. a really long time. Okay. But I just need a new one because I ran my course with my last one. Yeah. And I have to find a new one. And also the money is prohibitive for me at the moment. Like yes. it's all that stuff. You know, this like, is um, a hot topic on the podcast is being the in-between therapist. Oof. And um, where people are like, I love the phrasing of I'm not in it right now because uh-huh. I like... The idea that you're still open to it. It's just oh. blank, blank, and blank. Why you're not right. in right now? And the you just said it the best way, run its course. It's like how you just outgrow friends sometimes. Yep. Or yep. drift apart. Or you're like, we served each other when we were young and in our 20s and single. And now we're in a different places and we don't, we can't quite relate. Or like, we've already talked about everything. There's nothing left to talk about. That's right. what I felt like with my last one where I was like... I just ran out of things to talk about. Well, I noticed she was saying the same things to me. And I got to the point where I'm like, I can say these things to me. And is that what you are saying to you when you're doing this kind of thinking and being able to like see the other side and process it and see what's actually happening? Because like I can see the other side, like, you know, read a headline, pay attention to what somebody's talking about. But it's like I have a hard time identifying exactly what's happening with it other than Uh most things are coming from a place of fear. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So that I'm like, yeah. okay, I get that it's coming from a place of fear, but I'm also like, I just don't really have that many, like just to give the example of what we were saying of like the right versus the left, whatever. But it's like, I don't, if I don't have that many people in my life that like I really disagree with, then it's hard to see it in complete strangers. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because 100%. I surround myself with people that are pretty like-minded. So I'm like, yeah. sometimes I can't really get in somebody else's shoes and be like, oh, they're projecting like, I'm just going, you're an asshole. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. It's kind of limiting, but that's why I'm really impressed. You're able to remove yourself from it and then put yourself back in it. So you remove yourself to see them and then you go, but what am I doing? What's my role? A hundred percent. And then when I am able to, in glimpses of clarity, see my role and then kind of interrogate my own process and what I'm doing and mm-hmm. identifying the way that I, I am projecting all the time. It's so much easier to see stuff in other people, Yeah, but we're all doing it. And yeah. if, and of course, again, it stands to reason that if I'm seeing it in other people, it's happening in me. Yeah, And so it's more productive, I think, to come back into my mind and do the tinkering in my systems of thinking and behaving and um, and because this is the place in which I can actually make changes and try to create neural pathways, mm-hmm. new ways of behavior, new ways of thinking and all of that stuff. I can't do it inside of your head or her head or his head. But a lot of times I'm over in his head trying to tinker and be like, you need to stop doing this. And blah, blah, blah. And that's like me being out of my mind because it, I'm trying to be useless. in your mind. Yeah. 
it's useless. But I think a, a number of things were happening. One is my next therapist, I am currently, I want an ass kicker. I want an active ass kicker. I had a really kind of passive listener. Okay. And I just reached a point where I'm like, I want, I want somebody who's going to be very hardcore on me and very, very active. But also I felt like what was happening with my last therapist was I was going down the same neuro pathways in my mind, in these stories, in these tears, in these trying to like this thing, this, this trauma from my childhood, this heartbreak from my adulthood, this whatever. Yeah. I felt like what I was doing sitting on that couch was I was deepening the, the neuro pathway of that thought system because I just kept rehearsing and revisiting it in therapy. And I was like, wait, I want to jump this fucking track and make new pathways, new thoughts. Because you keep reopening it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm making that groove in my brain deeper. What I want to do is, and of course I've tried all the shortcuts like psychedelics and mushrooms and everything of like, okay, these are ways that I can like help see things differently, try to think new thoughts and make deep grooves in new, more productive ways. So I don't know, but also I have ADHD, so it's really hard for me to do the paperwork and fill out, figure out the, and we didn't, haven't had insurance for a year and we, it just kicked in October 1st as of like two days ago, I have insurance. I know. And, um, give me a heart attack over here. I know. Cause like, which is exactly what you don't want when you don't have insurance. I know. And, and so now I'm like, okay, but for me, the mountain of, of getting into the insurance, finding a good therapist, doing the thing, making the thing, paying the thing, like, and waiting to see mm-hmm. if they're the right one. Cause you and can't judge it by one session. To start. God, you know what I mean? Because sometimes they'll, they'll be like, oh, I didn't really connect with my therapist, but it's like, speaking of taking responsibility for things. Okay. But did you go in with a wall up because this is your fifth therapist, but to them, you're the first time client, right? But you're like, no, I've done this. I've said this. So it's like, I've run into that problem where I was like, I didn't really connect. And then I was like, well, I kind of came in a little guarded, bit of a chip on my shoulder. Cause I was like, okay, I've been through this, but to them it's new information that they might need. But like, I did have things that I didn't want to talk about, but some you know, when she did kind of ask a few like, uh, or when he did kind of ask a few like questions, I didn't, um, I didn't give that much information. And I was like, oh, I don't really like give him a chance to have his say about something. Mm. Maybe he had something to like offer that I didn't see. Yeah. Because like you said, you talk about it so much, you like exhaust it and you're like, I'm not healing. I'm revisiting and reliving. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, I also didn't give a new person a chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard. It's so hard. How to conduct yourself and and how to even end it with a therapist and how to, oh my God. Oh, I know. Like, and I snuck oh. out with my last one. I didn't even have the guts to end it. I just yeah. sort of, I ghosted, I, I, which is so yeah. immature. I, You know what though? It's I had another friend come on the podcast. She ghosted and you. it was just, you would need another therapist to help you. <laughs> conduct that conversation seriously it's that i know you know what i mean yeah and i noticed weird ego shit i had with dumb dumb shit with this therapist where i genuinely like wanted to be her favorite and i was like oh yeah and i was like not performing well i don't know maybe it was performative like i was like going in there genuinely trying to be funny and trying to be like and i'm like what the fuck am i doing defense mechanism that's the wall yeah. But somebody's got to, if, if you had an ass kicker, they'd go, hey, you keep making a lot of jokes. Yeah. And you haven't answered my question. Yeah. They I, would stop you within 10 minutes because yeah. if you do that first session and you get those jokes in, we're addicted to laughs. We can't 100%. help it. Just like 
in um oh my god fight club helena what's ball ball him Burnham carter yeah her character addicted to the meetings, his character addicted to the meetings, going yeah. all, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, like 12 step yeah. meetings or whatever, because yeah. they're addicted to problems. We're addicted to laughs, which is a problem sometimes. That's so interesting. Isn't hey, that weird? Have you ever been to a meeting? Yes. A uh, couple different groups. Hated all of them. Not, I did and too. I mean, I, I spent years in programs and uh, I, I wanted to. Ooh. I hated it. I, I Even now, like even just to think of it, I'm like, and I met a lot of cool people. It's not the people. I really like, everybody was like very nice and welcoming and I understand how it works for some. It just didn't vibe with me, but I fucking tried. Oof. I tried so hard. Nice. Well, you I did, tried. you did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Then yeah. you what can about, look yourself in the mirror and be like, I, I gave it my, I really did. That's great. What about you? What's the experience? I went to one this past oh, December yeah. for my first time ever. Oh, really? And it fucked with me, man. It fucked with me yeah. and I went to an adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families okay. one and it was just well suffice it to say I haven't gone back but yeah it's interesting because I was like oh I guess I got a bunch of buttons that definitely get pushed pretty pretty uh keenly and it's a lot because yeah. you don't know what somebody's gonna say yeah that's the the good and the bad yeah and that's what happened I went to one for eating disorders and it was like I was like we're all just talking about the pizza here. How do we get out of this? <laughs> like I yeah. couldn't, I, and it was like the sharing was very powerful and you could see it work positive, like have positive change. But for me, I was like, I'm just getting high off of your high right now. Talking about this life that used to control us, but we secretly miss. Like yeah. it was, it was really, cause we miss control. Right. Okay. This is something I wanted to ask you yeah. when you were talking about how we can't control the other person's thoughts, but we can control what, how we see it or whatever what is something about you that one you think you have good control over and that you do a good job honing in on and two don't have control over like for example if you had good control over or bad control over your emotions or how you express them so what's something you think you are pretty good at and and like for okay here's one for me that I'm not good at controlling great question I'm not good at controlling my discomfort when the house isn't the exact way I want it to be. Oh, I'm that way too. So I'm, I'm really not good at it. Yeah. It's like you can see it in my face. If, if stuff is out of order, I'm, I get, I'm very stressed out. I'm not happy. It's so stupid, but it's, I'm not good at it. Yeah. Can't play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this. You see one cup out of place or you see a cushion and you just, you try to be discreet and pretend you're still being fun and light, but you quietly go adjust it. <laughs> but that's not being cool. It's really not being cool. I know. Right? I know. I know. I'm the same. Like I have yeah. to have complete control over my environment. My house is as tidy as anything has ever been. Oh, I, yeah. I can't focus unless everything is in its place. And I curate these environments and then I really enjoy my environment. I'm enjoying it. That's what people don't yes. get. It's like, I am happy when it's clean. What yes. is wrong with yes. that? I understand if you step back and it be, if it's getting in the way of your day-to-day -day life, it's a problem, which it is. Right. I can't leave without the bed being made. It's a problem. Right. But if it makes me happy, who cares? And exactly. I'm not hurting anyone. It's not like I'm doing heroin. And I'm like, it makes me happy. I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not risking my life. Yeah. And <laughs> living with a partner, I had to like change my, talk about like creating 
new thoughts and neuropathways and things. So I used to get like really irritated uh-huh. because I live with my partner who doesn't have the same, same fastidious tidiness as I do. Yeah. And so, which is fine, which is totally fine. Totally and I have fine. gotten to a point where I'm like, Oh, instead of getting irritated that I pick up three different pair of shoes and put them back in where they're supposed to go every day, every single day, I know I'm going to be putting their shoes away. I'm going to be uh, yeah, all uh, the same thing. And I used to get irritated and be like, why can't this person just put the shoes where the fucking shoes go instead of leaving them all over the entire fucking place. But then I realized I was like, Oh, I'm the one that wants my environment to be like this. And so I, if, if it's important to me, I will make that happen. I can't, it's obviously yeah. not important to this person yeah. or they would be doing it. So if it's something that I require for my comfort, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen rather than resenting them for never making if it happen. If it's your problem, it needs to be your solution. Yeah. Even trying to elicit a response or a reaction out of somebody, or if you're like mad at them and you want them to apologize or like whatever, it's like, if you want it, you have to do it. If you want an apology, you need to go, you hurt my feelings. I want an apology. And if they're not going to give it, you have to be okay with the fact that at least you stood up for yourself. It's like your problem, your solution. Doesn't always work out the way you want it. So you pick up those shoes. It doesn't work out because they go back out of place the next day. Right. right. But you're still trying to solve it if you're the one that wants control over it. Right. Right. If you want control over somebody's emotions, well, the only thing you can do is control your own. So just try your best yeah. and yeah. control your own. And when I am alone for two weeks here or there or a weekend or whatever, yeah. I'm I'm the whole time I'm just like, wow, everything's always in place and I'm so happy. Bless and then, Norm for when he leaves. Bless yes. Him. And I and I enjoy that thing of everything being perfect the whole time. But then I'm also like, I'm a little lonely too. So Speak we just for yourself. I've got the Lysol. <laughs> so we just <laughs> don't need them. Yeah, but I, okay, so a thing I'm really bad at and a thing I'm really good at right yeah, now. Yeah, because you can't take mine about the cleaning. It's got to be a different one. Okay, new one, new one, new one, new one. I heard a lyric in a song that was just playing on a Spotify playlist yesterday afternoon while I was uh, ambitiously, like, tidying up my apartment. Yeah. Um, that said something along the lines of, how about if you start asking for more than you've ever received or something? And I was like, what? And I like pulled up the lyrics thing on Spotify and I started reading the lyrics and I started tearing up and I felt like it was a sort of prophetic or serendipitous moment of a word that came to me um, in a moment where I've been feeling, okay, Alana, I've been feeling this thing where I'm like, I'm middling, like I'm, I'm middling. I'm, I think I am putting out vibrations of like the poor kid, the, 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 uh, you know, I'm just lucky to get whatever I possibly can vibes. And I've been feeling this deep energetic, or I, I don't know what it is where I'm like, I, I need to shift into this thing of like, it's always been hard for me to like fill in the blank, ask for help, ask for what I want, say what I want, you know, yeah. all of those things, the, the codependent um, environment I grew up in, the conflict aversion that I have deep of like, you know, like, yeah, oh, that's a big one. The tendency to not talk about something forever when you, if you just have the talk, it'll be awful at first, but then you'll feel immediately better for having had the, t- you know, all that always. stuff that we're constantly learning and trying to like 
shorten the distance in, you know, of like, just say the thing and all that stuff. I just, I heard this lyric of like, what if you asked for more than you've ever received of like, yes, um, I am calling for more muchness in my life. I am opening, I'm ready. I can handle more. I want more. I am able for more. Like um, that believing in yourself thing, it kind of, because I'm, I think what I do is something that I'm bad at is, um, mm, wait, maybe this is a bad one because this one's tricky, but I'm really, I, I'm, I will always default into, well, I don't, okay, hold on. Pause, stop, reverse the tape. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay, not, we don't edit the podcast, but go on. <laughs> Pause, I can't. <laughs> I'm in a tricky, I'm in a tricky, tricky zone right now. Where I've I'm never like, asked this question. I'm like it's a great fascinated question. watching you figure it out because I've never asked this and I'm like so excited yeah. to hear this. Okay, here's a tricky thing I'm thinking about a lot okay. lately. And, and, and I want to get back to what you were talking about earlier, confidence, because I, I really want to talk about confidence too. Yeah. Um, but I've been noticing this thing where I feel very grateful and deeply humbled and grateful and almost giddy about the community I find myself in, mm -hmm. the richness and wealth of friendships that I have, of people who I admire, who are in my life. It's, it's sort of, it's all I've ever wanted. I yeah. never wanted children. I've always wanted friends and community and chosen family. The family that I come from is very complicated and I I struggle and suffer and, and strive with a lot of that. And I'm trying to figure it out and codependency and learning how to parent myself and, and being an adult who is not seeking stuff from them anymore and wanting yeah. to fix that and wanting to them to be anything other than what they are, blah, 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 blah. In the way that that's tricky and complicated and sort of painful, it's the opposite in my chosen family and in the community in which I find myself. So in many ways, I feel like, ah, oh, for all the frustrations I have to like be the age that I am and still like, you know, going down and sharing laundry in my building with people where I'm like, yeah. I want a fucking washer and dryer. How old am I? You know, when, at what point am I going to feel like I've arrived in these things of like I owning a place and having laundry and all this stuff. But I'm like, I feel so wealthy in the way I think I've deeply always wanted to be rich, which is in friendship. Oh. And that's like, that's the shit where it's like, that's the stuff you do get to take with you. Your career yes. and your wealth and your, all of that stuff. Obviously we know we've seen it's wonderful life, but like, I do feel humbled and grateful and, and amazed it, 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 my friend Jet recently said to me, oh, yeah. she, we were, we were, we've been holding these, um, like old French style salons where we just have these kind of performance nights that are sort of like a hang. It's this like kind of, I'll tell you about Is it. Is this the one like, in Atwater? Um, no, Echo Park. Yeah. Echo Park, right by where you get on the two at the Glendale Boulevard. No, I'm thinking of another show from when I drove you to that or drove you home from oh, that audition. Oh my gosh. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, it, a but, spontaneous hang, very fun drive home together. It was great. I yeah, was like, it was I really nice. Atlanta. Yeah, I was like, put your number in my phone. Yeah, it was great. Um, but Jet recently, we were just we were with a handful of people, and it was twinkling and charming, and drinks were flowing. And Jet looked at me, and she was like, 
remember how like your whole life when you were like, oh, if I just was part of a group or if I had friends, I could do anything. If I had someone who would stand by me, I would feel invincible. I, you know, I was, she was like, all we've, even when you want to get that in that writing room, when you want to book that role, when you want to, um, show run this thing, or you want to sell your feature or you want to whatever, like ultimately what you want in all that stuff is friends. Yeah. You want the, you want the parties and the hangs and the connections and the like, really what we all want is friends. And, and like, we actually have that. I have the thing I always wanted. I'm rich in the way I want to be rich. But then there's a tension with that because vocationally or career-wise or whatever, what I typically end up doing is like I dive into a bunch of passion projects that make zero money. Oh, God. And I have zero income. Yeah. And But it's the thing that gives me life. And what I'm sort of, and, and then I try to say like, but if I'm fostering that side of me and that side of me is alive, like that creates a magnetism that could, those vibrations coming out from like joy and creativity and and growth and, and staying in a beginner's mind and all of those things will bring in the the job or the thing that does pay or whatever. Because yeah. you've got <laughs> the joy out. That's a theory that we're not sure is like tried and true and tested, but... Yeah, but it feels better on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, you and, know what I and mean? whatever gets us through the day, right? Yeah, truly. But I, I'm, I think I've been really bad at ambition and just going for what I want. I get that Midwestern modesty yeah. of like, oh, you know, and... And, um... But, um... That make that makes sense. So not being able to control the bravado of it all of yourself. It's like you're not going in with the confidence that you listen. I I saw you perform for years. You're not if if this is how you're feeling. It's like clearly you're not going in there thinking you deserve all the greatness that you do deserve, and the rest of us can see. So it's like I have I've had that issue as well, where you're like I'm not controlling myself to think bigger. Like you can control yeah. those thoughts to think bigger, but it's like, if it, that's, if that's out of your control, that's something that can be worked on. Like, which is the good news. Yeah. That's the good news. You can yeah. listen to the song lyric and choose to be affected by it Yeah, and tell yourself, I didn't even think of it this way. Let me try it this way. That's taking control. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I wrote it on a post-it note and I put oh, it great. on the wall in front of my desk and I was like, great. ask for more than you have ever received. Like fucking, like just... I, this is a dumb way to say it, but I'm feeling like I'm on the cusp of like, I, I now am desiring and able to even say out loud, like I want to level up. Like I've never, my whole life I've always been like, I don't want to be a homeowner. I don't want the responsibility. I don't whatever, but I've started to feel like I'm changing. Like, no, I want to have a home. I you want can to handle it. Yeah. Cause I can handle it now. Yes, you can. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and look, you got booked for the podcast. Holly, it's all coming it's together. It's coming together, baby. <laughs> but it's, it's so hard to articulate because I think yeah. it's our view of ourself and our identity and stuff like, and our identity is always changing. I remember when I fucking got married, I had a weird identity crisis because your identity changes. You're now a married person and yeah. the way people see you is different and the way you, you know, like, Oh my God, it's so annoying. It's so fucking annoying. It, it was and, really annoying. 
like everyone was like, well, you're married, so you don't know. And I go, bitch, I'll start dating any second I want. Get the fuck out of here. Do you want me to fuck you right now? I'll fuck you right now. now. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I do what I want. Give your consent, and then this is a done deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes or no? Yes or no? Answer now. Just answer right now. (laughs) Still being so respectful in our own way. (laughs) Like, I remember when I saw Natalie Palomides do Nate, Mm -hmm. I. God, what a good show. My first, and then when I met her and I was like totally starstruck to meet her, I was like, my first question, I was like, um, are your parents alive? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, what did they think of Nate? Because I was real. And she was like, oh, they hate it. My mother tells me I'm creating pornography. It's terrible. It's all these things. I was like, what? How do you handle that? Because I'm realizing that even with the things I create, I'm still somehow trying to maintain this, um, this, codependent system that my parents raised me with of like where I have to keep up all their appearances and only do the things that oh they God. approve of. And yes. I'm like, wait, I, oh, so there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm really, my mom thinks it's my time music for me to break are, out are too sexy. She didn't like the HPV one. Oh, I don't know, mom. Maybe like 86% of the population has a form of HPV. So yeah, I'm going to drop a club banger about it. <laughs> yeah, out of your fucking mind, Amal. Get alive. And, and it's, I don't know, but even, yeah. But, okay. but, yeah. Can I sum up what I'm hearing? I would and love you this. tell me if I'm right. Yes. I think what you have done a fabulous job of controlling is the people you surround yourself with. Because it sounds like it has really fulfilled you to have this found family, as you said. Right? Yes. So I think you've done a fabulous job of doing that. It seems like the majority of the people around you are making you feel pretty good and pretty fulfilled. I think you have not done or had as much control over your thoughts about yourself yes. and your potential about yourself. Yes. And that's what I'm hearing in yes. this. Yes. God bless you. Yeah. I mean, not and, God. And God bless you. Blessed be me with God. Lana, <laughs> that's so yes. Thank you for saying that. That's, yes. That's what and I'm that's hearing And that's what I want to change. I want yeah. to, and that comes back to the, earlier when you said confidence I was like, ooh, that's an electric word for me right now. Okay. I, and I'm like, there's something inside of that. Because I've noticed even... Wow, what great timing to have you on at this point. Right? Yes, the whole podcast about self-esteem. How wonderful. And I, I've noticed... Okay, so because ever since I got to LA, I'm like... Uh, my greatest love is improv. And sure. ensemble-based uh, collaboration and creativity. And so when you just... Uh, eat shit one night on stage, you're doing it together. Mm-hmm. And when you knock it out of the park, it's together and all of that. That, that I think, was my greatest love and it became a very safe place for me, mm-hmm. both artistically and I'm highly sensitive and so, so just like personally. And I was always terrified of stand-up. And then I, because stand-up, you, you eat that dick alone or you, or you get the home run alone and yeah. you get the... And so... Um, when I got to LA, I, I consider LA to be much more of a stand-up town than an improv town in yeah, terms I, of I will agree with that. And and um and it's just a more sellable thing. And yeah. the, and uh, you know, and I'm like, wait, so I'm going to in my fucking mid forties gonna like start doing stand-up for the first time? That's insane. And and but I was like, it's it, oh oh I was so depressed for a while. You know, we go through these periods that yeah. I was like sleeping in, not getting out of bed. And, and, and Greg came to me and was like, Hey man, it feels like you're real low, right? But you're at the bottom of your barrel right now in terms of like how you're experiencing life. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And he was like, okay, to me, that sounds like then if you're already like 
if you already have like your back is covered in tarantulas, like ultimate worst ever, as long as you're covered in tarantulas, why not face what are your other tarantulas? Yeah. Like stand up or whatever. Yeah. And I was well, like, you have nothing to lose. Exactly. You've lost it. So I started going to these fucking open mics and there is nothing more painful than fucking, you get three minutes or five minutes, I've which been, is I've nothing. I've been to a few. And everyone there is terrible and it's so painful. And I then, mean. and, and awful. And, and, and it's so bad and so unfunny and so aggressive and so nasty. And so talk about self-esteem and confidence goes in the toilet. But then I started to kind of get off on like, how, how could it be worse than this? Oh, wait, I was on that like forum where you can find out all the open mics all over LA. And I saw that there was one in a fucking library, like, and, um, in the community room of a library at like three o'clock on a Saturday, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be excruciating. I went, it was one of the most excruciating things. Everyone's on these folding chairs under fluorescent lights absolutely no booze in the middle of the day like not a setup for stand-up it was a bunch of teenagers because they can't go to over 21 places and it was so misogynistic and, and unbelievable and um the the library um um, uh, security guard kept poking in and being like, what are you doing in here? Like jingling the change inside of his pockets and like his little squawker, like squawking on his vest. And, and he, we're like, Oh, doing stand up or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, cool. Mind if I get up? The security guard from no. the library got up and just did all this stuff. Like he, he just was like, he, he did a, he did a, like my wife's a fat bitch, like routine. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm standing. But I started to realize that the painful stand up uh, open mics, the, the painful open mic stories were my story at the time that started making me laugh and bringing me back to life. And I was so bad at it, but I realized like, um, but I was just trying to get my five, trying to get my 15, trying to get my 20 doing it. And I was doing it really, really bad. And then the pandemic struck. And then I've just recently in the last few months been trying to get back up, asking people to put me in their mics, asking to get onto real mics that aren't open mics and whatever. Yeah. And I've started getting up and doing some stand up and I'm a totally different, totally different animal post pandemic. And, yes. and I came out the gate, started like hitting and the rooms were warm and I'm like, either everyone's just happy to be here post pandemic or I'm different. What's different? I kept trying You're to, in a what different are the variables phase of your life? You have more to talk about now. And I feel like for some reason, maybe my joy at just being out of lockdown and getting up, maybe read as confidence. And I started and things were hitting and I was like, whoa, I'm getting up and like feeling really good and it's different. And I was like, I think it's all confidence. And then the more I've been doing it now, I've recently like had a couple really shit sets Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, was it my confidence? You know, all the variables of like, what is it? And I've, I've um, been asking people who come to my shows for any feedback they have. And it's funny, this confidence word that sticks out to me today, because I feel like all the notes people have given me about my standup lately are like confidence based. They're like, you're doing this thing where you're sort of like making excuses or making us feel like you're not confident. And so then we're worried. And so we're not laughing as much and stuff. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that energetic thing that you're putting out. Okay. Watch this full circle as we as we head into the big wrap up of the podcast. Watch this. We started off the beginning of the podcast talking about how women specific, men to feel small, men to feel little, men to feel don't speak up, whatever, right? And it's so interesting in your stand up, it sounds like the journey you've had, you throw that out the window, you're popping off. 
the confidence thing is you not giving yourself permission to think you're interesting enough that people want to fucking listen to you. Yeah. And it's really hard. Let's call a spade a spade. You're a beautiful woman. It is really hard to get on stage and know you can be beautiful and funny, even if sometimes, and I'll call it out, a lot of the men can crucify you for that. Right. Because they don't want you to be both. It's confusing. Right. They want you to be one or the other. Right. So I feel like in terms of confidence, it's just you going, I have a right to be up here and look and sound and talk about exactly what I want. And that's okay. And someone's going to find it interesting. Yeah. Someone's going to find it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've just found the confidence levels in like my own live shows and stuff like that. I just have to give myself permission to deserve to be there. Yeah. I just have to like doing a couple of bigger theaters or something like that. And I'm like, wow, like you said, you take what you can get and you're grateful for it. You're like, wow, look at me go. And I go, what the fuck? I should have been doing this the whole time. Are you out of your minds? Yes. Of course I should be here. You should be giving me 100 minutes to be on your show. You should be fucking DMing me, begging me to be on your fucking show. You know what I mean? Yes. I even do it with the podcast where I'm like nervous if somebody going to say yes or this or that. Of course, why not say yes? Why why not come chat on a podcast? And if you're busy and you can't or you don't want to, great. That's for them. No problem. But why wouldn't people want to come talk to me? I'm fun to talk to. Yeah. Why wouldn't people want to hear you on stand-up? Right. You've got, listen to this podcast episode we've done. We have talked about so many things. I have been so engaged in everything you've been saying. Imagine if you had a couple little curated jokes on top of that. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? With your with how well you can genuinely speak. And then we had a little button mm-hmm. on each yeah, thing, maybe. right? Yeah. Yeah. Why not us? Baby, that's it. That's it. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I, I want to, I want to work on, I am working on striking that balance of doing passion projects, yep. doing the things, you know, when it call, like, what is the thing that is calling me? Like, pick up the phone, pick up that phone. Yep. Like what calls to you? Like, so going after that, but also Asking for more, and like you're saying, like I, w- I want to play a bigger club. This club's fine. I want a bigger. I want club. a bigger club. Yeah, and and just yeah, I, that's where I yeah, that's yeah. where let's go there, baby. Girl, let's go there. Get to like, the bigger club. Yes, and yes. and 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 ask for ask for what you want and say what you want. Even earlier before we started recording, I was talking about how I want to live somewhere new, and you were like, "What do you want?" Because I'll keep my ear out, and it's like, oh yeah, God, immediately. Just, of course, tell me what you want. Say what you want, and then I'm great at finding places, but I have to know. Yeah. Have to know. And you said you and Greg are putting it out. Uh Uh-oh, I revealed his name. If you and Greg are putting it out, (laughs) it's it's not going to come back unless people know it's out there. We have to know. Why would somebody book you on a show if they don't even know you're interested in doing the show? Exactly. Why would they reach out to someone who has never, ever expressed interest to them? Why? I know. And you know what it is? It's not on them. They're not at fault. It's almost like we find ourselves in a path where, you know how everyone says like asking someone out is so vulnerable and it's the worst thing ever and right. you're like putting yourself out there or whatever. We've chosen to do that with like our vocation oh is my God. constantly having to ask people out. Every, every day I'm going on a date confidence. here. Yes, yes. Have to. And, and saying, please like me. Oh, okay. Truly. So this all being said. I want to invite you to come do my salon. So, so Jet and I, I recently came, so long story that I won't bore you with. I gotta get Jet with. on the podcast. Yeah, she's, oh. I, I gotta get her on. Yeah. Okay. She, baby, this is her last time here. 
um, this is, she's, this is her last time on earth, I think. And so she's real fun to talk to. Cause she's like, everything's absurd and it's all over and let's go and have a good time all the way out, man. <laughs> you know how sometimes you meet someone and you're like, this is your first time here. You oh, know, yes. the humans where you're like, how are you feeding yourself? You oh have my God. Not There's been so many people before. where I'm like, I have no clue how you got to here and how I can't even believe we know each other. How did you survive this long? That's insane. Yeah. I work so hard to be here. <laughs> yeah. And then other people you meet and you're like, oh, this is your last trip around the, the, this galaxy. Cause you, you've clearly sort of like figured it out. And, yeah. For yourself. And I think it's so interesting too, that she has like really become like, in my opinion, the mother of the clowns or, or of like the mother of in the clown community Yeah, is that like, it's, it's absurd. It's about, you know, sometimes it's like, I'll go to clown shows and I'll be like, but it's not funny. And I'm like, wait, why am I requiring everything to be funny? And also now I'm starting to get the sense that these clown shows aren't for the audience. They're for the clowns. It's yes. about the thing that they're doing and they are they are becoming like that primordial goo See, <laughs> before I, they become a butterfly. I think it's about the commitment. Like a clown show to me is showing yeah. it is possible to truly transform. I find them very yeah. inspiring. Yeah. It's not necessarily for me. Yeah. I lack a lot of I, I lack a lot of control of focus and I'm like so that seems really overwhelming maybe one day I'll try it like you said with stand-up you always think you can't do it and then maybe one day you can right. do it but I'm fascinated by it like I watch Natalie and I'm fascinated by uh, her I I'm like I've seen Jet her. do it yeah. I, and I'm fascinated you're like this has been seven minutes and you have not flinched yeah. in seven minutes yeah. no matter what we are doing or not doing yeah. in response to you right Talk about Talk, I mean, confidence. Yeah, you got to have her on. But you also have to come to our show. So basically what yes, happened is here. I came across a, 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 a new acquaintance offered me a workspace. Like It's like a daytime workspace that's this beautiful space in Echo Park that belongs to her personally. And she was like, you can come and work and do anything. And wow. I was like, I was like, actually... I, anytime I have access to a space that's free or available or whatever, like I'm not going to go there and like work on my laptop. I'm going to like create an experience and put on a show here. Can yeah. I, can I put on a show at night? And I don't want to, and the, the tyrannical nature of trying to get butts and seats and get come, get people to come see shows anymore is like, I'm out right now with my podcast on a live tour and like getting people to buy tickets and get in those seats is like pulling teeth out of a oh fucking God. skull yes. and I hate it so much. And I'm like, I want to put up a show that is a no stakes, like ch charming, safe b space for artists to put things up that are untested and new stuff that they're just thinking about of like, I wonder how I would do this. Well, here's a place where you can do it and it's no stakes. And so I, I was like, I'm just going to do a monthly salon style thing. So the first one we had in August and we invited six artists to come do pieces and we invited six audience members. Oh my God. And it was just the most like magical, delightful thing in the whole world. And afterwards, like people were talking to me about the piece I put up. I put up like these three silent pieces that didn't have a beginning, middle or an end. I didn't know what I was heightening and I didn't know what the blow was. And I just put it up anyway. And then I got like a dozen different bits of feedback where people were like, Oh, I thought you were doing this and this might be a cool. And I got all these ideas. Don't you love that? It was oh my unbelievable. God. I was like, yep. it went from my crystal ball being foggy to my crystal ball being full of like clear ideas. Yep. And I was like, Oh, and, um, and then we had another one in September where I haven't set the date yet for the October one, but, um, it's basically just the only requirements are it's, um, that you bring something that, um, 
is is new and that you're not sure of and that you want to like test and put up and and put it up in a like safe place and then afterwards we just we we make sure that the performances don't go for more than an, an hour and of the six people and then we just turn on music and people bring snacks and drinks and it's sort of like potlucky and hangouty and people go outside and smoke pot or like sit inside and in this beautiful space and um i think there's this big long table in the space with um chair with like 20 chairs around it and I was like oh my gosh for the November show like to kick off the feasting of the holidays I'm gonna like I think I'm gonna put on a a huge feast where the table is half performers and and only the amount of people can be there that night that there are chairs that fit around the table Mm -hmm. and we just feast all night and as it goes there's like rolling performances that happen either at the table or you stand up behind your chair or you move into the space or it like everyone just stays at the table and somebody will like do a piece or perform or whatever and like Jet's tits have been out in all of these ones Perfect. we've done so far. I can't get, get enough. Out. Ever, Ever Maynard just came oh, and did love Ever. a we set love at the them. last one. Um, Mike O'Brien did one where he walked up to the microphone and he set a briefcase down in the middle of the room and he was like, there's a poem inside this briefcase that if you hear it spoken out loud, it will make you hate one person in this room irreversibly for the rest of your life. Do you want to hear this poem? <laughs> and everyone in the room was like, yes! And he's like, it's going to make you hate someone here forever. And everyone's like, we want to hear it, we want to hear it, we want to hear the poem. But like all these like dumb, just experimental yes. things, which is my favorite thing. And it's the thing I'm the most excited about right now. It's also obviously generating zero money but um i really want yeah, you to but come it's do the show generating ideas and we don't make money yeah. without ideas baby like seriously and i don't I, i'm not and that can be in any way like whether you're it's an idea that you created of a whole tv show or it's an acting gig for something that somebody else wrote but you got to think what am i bringing to the table in this how am i going to perform this it's like we need the creative juices flowing or or when someone does look at us that has the money, they're going to go, what do you got? And you got to have something. You yeah. got to fill that up. So it's like, that's why you do this show. Yeah. That's why you do it. Yeah. And of course I believe performers should be paid, but some of the best shows I've ever done in my life were in the back of a bar. Baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how would you answer that other question? So one thing that you're bad at controlling right now is like your uh, instinct for the like house. pure perfection yes. in terms of your environment. What's the thing you're good at? I'm really good at controlling biting my tongue right now. Ooh. I've been doing a great job. Wow. I find that's so important. Yes. I find I have been irritated or judgy or something about um, some things more as of late. I'm, I think I just have too much time on my hands, like mentally, where you're like, uh huh, I get that. Wait, what was, what did that mean? You, you right. start where, asking stupid questions. Right. 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 So, where things go on rotisserie in your yeah, brain. Yeah. Exactly. And which I find when I'm like, busy doing like other things I don't have time for that as much but like when you're doing your own projects and like you're at home and working from home and stuff like that I have more time for that kind of stuff yeah um and I don't want it so I've been doing a good job biting my tongue still if somebody asks me something I will always tell the truth and say my piece of course but like here's a dumb simple example like you said about the shoes say norms have left something out if normally I'm going to say something and then I go, oh, yeah, just put it away. Just put the thing away. Why, why do you have to say something? Yeah. It's so small and stupid. Who cares? Or if like someone says something that bothers you, but you're like, well, it didn't actually hurt my feelings. And this is kind of a one-off. It's not like this has been repeated a million times that yes, it's going to build resentment and get to me. Of course, say something. It's the little things. What's those books? Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. It's the little, I'm really yeah. trying to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. We were in a heat wave. I'm sweating enough. 
Yeah. And, and that voice right before you hit send on a text, sometimes oh, that yeah. little thing in your belly that goes, oh, would this be red? Would this be red? Yeah. I'm trying to learn how to just be like, okay, then don't send it or wait till tomorrow. Or wait. If there's wait. ever a question. Oh my God, wait. But sometimes I'll be like, no, I'm still mad and I'll send it Same. anyway. And it's always like, you always regret it. You, you know, always. always. Re- also, never I just also we just have to stop putting anything in writing that you don't want I'm like I think there, about that all the time I think about it all the time plus there could be a hack what if it was like oh I've uh, this is fictitious I heard somebody's TV pitch was like these hackers were like everyone whose last name starts with a like all their texts are going to be like hacked and revealed on this date and like ever so everyone's like ooh, uh, uh Alana's texts come out today I'm gonna go read all Wait, her texts or whatever name? oh I thought maybe last name yeah, Johnston. <laughs> well there's gonna be a J day baby <laughs> watch out think- for J day but I think about that. I'm like, what if there's ever a hack or whatever? Like there was that Sony hack where everyone got to read the Sony oh executives' God, the emails. emails or whatever. And they were talking about what's his name's dick size or whatever. Yes. I'm like, I have jokes on text with my friends where I'm like, I if we you. got hacked and these went out, like, uh, so now I'm trying to just be more like, if it's in writing, if nothing is safe in writing. This is <laughs> why I revealed about me trying to turn children. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, audio for so I I do want this recorded <laughs> so that's why I did it on the podcast so I could have record of it it's hard to get that in writing oh <laughs> no I uh, I'm 100% with you and yeah. I'm that's yeah maybe that's another thing too it's even on the gossip maybe I gotta bite my tongue a little bit more and this could be mm-hmm. this could be a good mm-hmm. um this could be a good lesson mm-hmm. I I want to know you started the podcast on a scale of one to ten you started at a seven to an 8.5 with a phantom nine. Holly, how are you feeling now? How am I feeling now? Because I will be driving home going, I wonder if Alana liked that. Was that good? Was that what she wanted? Of course. And then I'll also be like, why did I say all that stuff? I probably said something offensive that sounded man-hating. So are you you about to say an answer how in advance you think you're going to feel? I actually am feeling a weird, because of some of the like honest stuff we were talking about, I think mine actually went down if I'm totally honest. I want the honest answer. Here's the thing. I'm not taking it personally. I think I'm at a 6.9. Okay. Can I tell you mine? Yeah. So we're going to view this podcast differently because you are the guest and I'm the host, right? So right now, I I said I was at like the 7.5, I believe I clocked in at, Mm -hmm. or 8. In and around that, I was in and around there and I gave myself a phantom, like 8.5 or something. I'm going to say I'm at a nine. Here's why. Because we talked about all these personal things, to me, I managed to get a good episode out of you. (laughs) So I'm feeling great. Seriously, perspective. I'm going, you know, this person must like me and trust me enough to really reveal quite a bit about herself and her opinions and how she feels about um, certain subjects and and your own confidence and stuff like that. Really hard to talk about, especially as comedians, because all we want to do is entertain. Fuck, we're trying to entertain our therapist. So I say to myself, I go, you know, you must make somebody feel pretty comfortable if they're going to really open up. So you're questioning what you're saying. I'm celebrating what you're saying. So I'm at a nine. And it's okay for you to be where you're at and for me to be where I'm at, having done the same thing. But just so you know, take that with you in that car ride home. You can question the things you said, but just know I'm not. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks, Alana. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself.